Good morning, everybody. Eric Lofholm here. Thrilled to be with you here this morning. I've got my Miracle shirt on. Anytime you see me wearing this shirt, and I think I own nine of this same shirt, that's a story for another day. Some of you know that story. But anytime I'm wearing this shirt, I am setting the intention to create a miracle today. So when you see the shirt, hey, just tell yourself, today is going to be a miracle day for you too. It's great to be with you on this beautiful Wednesday morning. Thank you for joining me. If you're right-handed, take your right hand. If you're left-handed, take your left hand. Pat yourself on the back. Tell yourself, great job for being here this morning. Type into the chat. Today is a great day. Today is a great day. And why is it a great day? Because I choose for today to be a great day. And I got a a message from somebody recently and they were describing an experience um, as um, in essence, challenging. They used a different word, but I know it's been, it's been challenging for all of us lately. And they were including me in the way that they were describing their experience lately. Eric, I know it's been challenging for all of us. And I was like, it hasn't been challenging for me. It's been awesome. (laughs) I was experiencing something as fantastic, as great, as awesome. He was experiencing it as challenging. It's not right or wrong. But that's the beauty is we can decide how we are experiencing something. When you get into an argument with somebody, <clears throat> you don't have to create that as, oh, that was horrible. Well, maybe the argument needed to happen to move you forward. Have you ever had that happen where you're in a, you're having some kind of an issue with somebody and you guys get in a fight and then out of the fight, you get back on the same page. It's like maybe the fight needed to occur energetically to clear the air so you guys can get back on the same page. And maybe the fight was awesome. Now, I'm not talking about a physical fight. I'm talking about if you were you know, talking to each other and maybe it got heated. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. So anyway, today's topic is closing. Let's go. Let me, Eric, get back on track. Let's talk about what we're here to talk about, which is closing. And I want to share with you some ideas on how to close the sale. My most requested topic, everybody wants to know, how do I close more sales? And there's a lot of answers to that question because in a sales presentation, everything counts. So trust and rapport actually impacts your ability to close the sale. So we could say, if you got better at trust and rapport, you're actually getting better at closing. We could say um, storytelling, telling success stories in your presentation makes the overall presentation better, which makes the presentation more persuasive, which actually helps you close. So it's like, how do you improve the closing? There's like 158 different ways to do it. When most people are thinking of the close, they're thinking of, the section of the presentation where you ask for the order. So have a clear, compelling, well-thought-out offer. When you're selling one-on-one, the best practice at the end of the presentation is to ask for the order and be silent. Well, I had a, um, 
a friend of mine, we know each other through business, and she got on the Harv Ecker stage, which was an opportunity to sell to like a thousand people at once, literally. And it's a really, it was a really prestigious stage. He's not doing these big seminars anymore, but years ago, some of you, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, some of you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you even attended those seminars. And uh, anyway, so this was a big opportunity for her to do a group sale, sell to a thousand people at once. And uh, she wanted my help because I have a tremendous amount of experience doing group selling. So I said, okay, I'll help you. So we got on the call and I said, what's your offer? And she says, well, I'm going to give them two offers. And I was like, okay, what are they? Well, this is the first one. And then this is the second one. And I think one was like 3,000 and the other was like 10,000. And so her idea was, if I have two offers, then I'll get all the sales of people that want to buy the 3,000 and all the sales of people that want to buy the 10,000. So she was asking me to help her craft the close, the language at the end of the presentation, right? And I said to her, I said, you're not going to make two offers. And she goes, I'm not. I said, no. She goes, why not? And I said, because the confused mind doesn't buy. The confused mind doesn't buy. So it makes logical sense. If I have a $3,000 offer and a $10,000 offer, and if I give them both choices and then some will gravitate to one and some will gravitate to the other. In theory, that's a great concept. <clears throat> But if you got a thousand people in the room and they're like, should I buy the 3,000? Should I buy the 10,000? I'm not really sure. I'm going to do nothing. Now, some of you make an offer where you do an alternative choice close. Well, I don't know if that's the right language, but you'll do it like this. You're selling life insurance and you'll say, we could do a hundred a month policy, a $200 a month policy or a $300 a month policy. Of those three, what works best for you? right? So you're, you're giving them multiple choices. And if you're doing that, I'm not discouraging you from doing that. If it's working for you, awesome. It's not that it can't work to make more than one offer, but always remember the confused mind doesn't buy. Well, she took the coaching. We simplified the offer and she had a $60,000 speech. That's how much revenue she got in one speech. And boy, was she happy. And I was happy for her. Another time, this is another group close, but you can apply it to one-on-one -on -one selling. I was working with RV Robinson. <clears throat> and RV is a master speaker trainer. And we were doing a coaching call. And she says, hey, I got this presentation I'm doing. She was telling me about it. We were working through the close. And she had a short amount of time. And one of the things in selling we need to be mindful of how much time we have. For example, today is a 15-minute call. And let's say I got all excited and I went an hour today. Instead of 15 minutes, I went an hour. Well, for a lot of you, you'd be like, Eric, thanks for all the great content. <clears throat> and I only blocked out 15 minutes. So I'm thinking I'm adding value <clears throat> because I'm going longer than 15 minutes but the expectation is 15 minutes. So I actually could be diminishing the value by going longer. What does that mean to do with you in closing? Well, if you have a 30 minute appointment with somebody and you're gonna ask for the order during that appointment, if you don't start the close when you're going through the offer until the 28 minute mark, that could be problematic. 
Because you start your close. This is the section of the presentation where you're explaining the offer and you ask for the order. You start at the 28 minute mark. If your close is seven minutes, it's going to take you to the 35 minute mark on a scheduled 30 minute appointment. So if you and I are on a call and you're selling to me and we have 30 minutes and you start closing at the 28 minute mark and you're going to finish your close at the 35 minute mark at the 32 minute mark, I'm going to interrupt you perhaps and say, Mary, I've had such a great time being with you today. And we're two minutes over my time allotted and I have to go. And here you are right in the middle of your close. So part of your strategy for closing is you've got to be mindful of the clock. Because some people are on a strict time commitment and it does take a certain amount of time to ask for the order, fill out the paperwork, handle any objections and so forth. So that might be something you'd never thought of before, or maybe you already have that distinction. Okay, next idea on closing. You want to have a closing outline. So this is getting into being very strategic in the close. Some of you tend to be more of like a wing it, go with the flow, just kind of just be with the person. Nothing wrong with that. And if you're getting great results, that's fantastic. However, that's not duplicatable in somebody else. So me as a sales trainer, <clears throat> I can't just say wing it, kind of go with the flow, whatever happens, kind of happens, <clears throat> because that would not teach you anything. If you're a naturally gifted closer and you can just kind of wing it, go with the flow, super. For the rest of us, because that's not me. I need to know what I'm doing. I need to have a plan. I need, like, I'm like A to B, B to C, C. To, I, like, give me the directions. <laughs> give, me, give me the structure of, I need to know because I want to go into the presentation with a plan. And what Dr. Moyne taught me, my mentor, he taught me the power of scripting and that human beings respond in predictable ways. So we don't have time today to get into scripting. <clears throat> However, I do have a piece of content, a gentleman named Bill Glazer, who's a wonderful businessman and he's a marketing expert. He interviewed me years ago on scripting and I put it up on my YouTube channel. So if you're interested in learning more about scripting, if you'll send me an email, eric at ericoffhome.com, and ask for the Bill Glazer, and you can misspell it, it doesn't matter. Ask for the Bill Glazer video. It's 30 minutes of me doing a pretty good training on scripting. And then beyond that, I wrote Sales Scripting Mastery, which is on Amazon in Audible, Kindle, or paperback. That's the most comprehensive book ever written on sales scripting. So back to today's training, closing outline. So how you create an outline, you make a list of all the key things you need to cover in the closed section of the presentation. So like the price, the warranty or guarantee, what's included. So yesterday, my wife's um, needed to get one of her tires fixed. So she got the car down at the Lexus dealership. And, uh, and so she was going to get one tire fixed. And I says, well, 
let's at least get two. So she dropped the car off at the dealership, got the loaner car, and they're going to put two tires on the car. So the guy calls her up and says, hey, we got the car in here and uh, we're going to do the two tires like, like we talked to you about. However, we would like to make a special offer to you if you'll get four tires done while you're here, because we think you actually need all four done, we'll throw in the alignment for free. Would you like to move forward? And so I don't know if she agreed at that point or if she texted me and asked me, what do you think or whatever? But <clears throat> the bottom line is we agreed. So why did we agree? Always remember what I'm going to tell you. People buy benefits. People buy benefits. So what was the benefit to me and my wife for, for getting the um, the four tires instead of two? The benefit was the car's already there. So you don't have to do another trip. Um, the car was going to need the new tires pretty soon anyway. And then they're, they're um, greasing the wheel, if you will. They're incentivizing us with the free alignment, which let's say that was 250 bucks. I have no idea what those costs. So Hey, we'll throw in a $250 value. Your car's already here. And then they asked for the order. Would you like to do it? And we said, yes. So they doubled the revenue on that particular opportunity by closing. Had they not closed us, we wouldn't have done it, right? Because the initial purchase was for two tires. That's a strategy. And guess what? They're doing that all day long at that dealership. All day long, somebody's bringing in their car for maintenance and they're calling them back up. They're not, you know, they're looking for real ways to add value to the car owner. Hey, your car's here for the for the oil change. We noticed your tires need to be replaced or rotated, or we noticed that you need new windshield wipers. Would you like to add us to add that on? Whereas somebody else who's not thinking strategically, like think about that in your business. You know, are you asking for the order at times where you can? Are you asking for the order enough? Are you getting in front of enough prospects? And before we wrap up, I just want to acknowledge you for being here. Acknowledge you for lifting the weights with me. Okay. It's a huge deal that you're here. And I want you to know if you want to become a master of influence, I can get you there. If you want to get that good. If you want to be a master of sales, persuasion, or influence, if you want to become a master closer, I'm planting a seed of greatness in your mind. If you want to get that good, I can get you that good. I want you to know I believe in you. You have greatness inside of you. Great job for showing up for today's call. That's going to wrap up our session today, guys. You guys have an awesome day. Great to see you all on Zoom. I'm heading off to my, I got corporate training today, so I got to run. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Recording stopped. For all of you on social media, thanks for joining me today. It's great to have you here. Have an awesome day. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.